This is Tyler Kirkham, and this is the Top 5 Comics Podcast. Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. With us today, we have the Master of Disaster, Josh45. What's up? And CBS. Hi. Hi. Yeah. Uh, see, today we're doing uh, episode number 143, and we'll be going over um, a batch of free combo day books, and then a uh, early preview for uh, we only find them when they're when they're dead from Boom Comics issue one. Uh, free combo day books. We're going to be doing Blade Runner number, or sorry, Blade Runner 2019, Dark Arc, um, Invincible, Invincible also issue number one, right. And Vox Machina Origins, uh, the free comic day book, which also includes a backup story inside it for Norse mythology. By Neil Gaiman. Uh, and uh, Dark Ark's second title is it's Instinct, so Dark Ark Instinct. And uh, those are all free comic day books that from this uh, this year's would be free comic day. It didn't really happen as a thing. Anyhow, uh, you have any news over there, Josh? What's in the news? What's in the news? You know, man, I'm not seeing a lot of news this week. I did see that um, Pinocchio, which is like more movie things, but it's kind of... I'm sure it's been a comic book. Kate, sure. Kate Blanchett's supposed to be in Pinocchio. Hmm. Um, Olivia Wilde drops a major Marvel crew of her Sony directing gig, but I think she's going to play... Um, What's the female Spider-Woman? The Spider-Gwen? No, the other one. Oh, Jessica Jones. No, Jessica Drew. Yeah. I think she's going to play that. Okay. Which I could see that. With her like... Sure. You know who the wild is? you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. She's got the right hairstyle and like body, body structure, sure. Olivia Wilde's been in a fair amount of movies and she was in Cowboys vs. Aliens. And the rumor is that uh, Morgan um, from Walking Dead is finally his fate in... Uh, the new season of Fear the Walking Dead. Oh, well. Those are three things I have, really, like the big ones, but... Good little Lenny. That guy's awesome. Yeah, he's rad. Yeah, he's great. Um, well, as far as, like, comic book stuff, I mean, DC's had another batch of books get canceled. And, like, the cancellations, we're not sure if they were going to naturally occur anyway if 5G happened, because that's possible, but now that 5G is off the table is a thing, apparently, which is probably better. Um... We've had another batch of books either cancel because of AT&T or because they're just around their course, maybe. Um, half of them don't seem like that's the case. It's around the course thing. It's more of a, yeah, I'm not sure why they've been canceled, actually. Uh, so the first round we heard was Batman, or sorry, it was Batgirl, Batman and the Outsiders, Just League Odyssey. So all those are going to have their last issues in October, along with the follow-up for November, which would be Teen Titans, Young Justice, Suicide Squad, Hawkman, and John Constantine Hellblazer, which it's only getting like issue, like maybe issue eight before it gets canceled, I guess, because five came out this month. So yeah, so it's not, it's pretty new as a series. Um, Suicide Squad is going to be like right after the death of Deadshot. So that's kind of a weird place to stop. But I mean, I guess if that was the natural progression, then so be it. But it's a whole handful and like Young Justice has been going pretty good. Uh, there's a suspicion that with the fallout in the last story arc of Teen Titans that the characters that are left might just get absorbed into Young Justice. 
but or maybe Young Justice will just rebrand. But so far, we haven't seen any of that happen. And of Byron, Brian Michael Bendis's uh, Wonder Comics books, it's the first one getting canceled. Like Naomi was a miniseries, so you can't really count her. And the Wonder Twins were a miniseries too, so you can't count it. So I don't know what that means for that imprint, but okay. Um, so that's a little weird. Uh, Marvel made an announcement, so one more comic thing, I think I'm out. Um, Marvel's made an announcement they're going to be putting out a new Eternals title, uh, subsequently, because we're supposed to be getting the Eternals movie maybe 2021, maybe 22, you know, COVID crazy. Um, but it's going to be, uh, Kieran Gillen writing it. He's awesome. And it's going to have, uh, Asad Ribic doing the art for it. So I guess they're going to try to bring back the Eternals into the forefront of Marvel where they might get light this time. I mean, they've been not matter for so long in comics at all that, I mean, I guess that's an, um, I'm going to say it's a move because of the movie. So, I mean, I guess we'll see if their new branding of it will shine light on Jack Kirby's stuff or if it'll just be a direction that people actually follow. I mean, the last time they tried it was like 2000, I think. 2014 with a miniseries. It wasn't the same guys. Totally different. I can't even tell you who wrote that one. Uh, but that one happened and it was like maybe a five part. Did not go anywhere. And even the original stuff, I mean, it was back in the 70s and 80s and when Jack was bouncing between companies, he made the Eternals for Marvel and then he made the New Gods for DC. Which are like the same idea except the New Gods get used a lot more. Comparison wise. Because they don't get used hardly at all. I mean, Calabac and Darkseid and Orion get used. The rest of them, eh. But Marvel, I couldn't even tell you these guys' names without looking them up again. So that's weird. They do have a test commercial out on YouTube that you can look up that shows some of the art and it moves in the commercial. But it's Asad Rubik, and that guy's awesome. So, Gillen's great, writer-wise. So I guess we'll see what that one ends up being. But I think that's, it's an interesting lean, so I guess we'll see what happens. But that's what's happened sometime in November. Also, Darkwing Duck um, will make his return in the uh, DuckTales TV show. Oh, that's cool. And they're already questioning which one of his villains will return. Because, you know, there's like um, Mega Duck or Naked Duck or whatever. It's like yeah. the guy that's like, he's basically the reverse flash of Darkwing Duck. Yeah. And then uh, there's uh, Quacker Jack and Liquidator, Megavolt. There's like multiple, like they're wondering which villains are going to show back up, but um, it's pretty cool that he is going to show up in season three. So I like the originals of Darkwing Duck a lot. I watched it a lot, but like the art for this new um, DuckTales show is pretty rad. So this bit of news goes out to Ross because Ross isn't here and he should always be here. That's true. He Not does, that he listens, but he, he does like the ducks. Now that he listens, but if he is listening, hey, Ross, we miss you, man. I got ice cold iced tea in the fridge waiting for you every single time. Every <laughs> single week. Anytime you're ready. Oh, man. But yeah, that should be, that should be neat. He does like the ducks. The art look, looks really cool. Oh, yeah. Actually, and Brian, uh, Wade, Blues Wade cartooning, uh, he, uh, he did a, for my birthday this year, did a recreation of a, um, uh, Scrooge. Scrooge McDuck? Is that what his, his name is? Uncle Scrooge? No. What's the billionaire one in the Duck show? Is that not right? Scrooge McDuck. Yeah, Scrooge McDuck. There we go. See, he was right. 
he did a recreation of one of the covers for me. It's hung up at the store. If you, if you guys want to see it, just come by and I can point it out, or you can find it yourself because it's the only duck piece up in the store. But it is freaking awesome. Uh, so thanks for that, Brian, if you're listening. And I'm sure he's be aware of the duck thing. Cause so did he draw, draw you a Scrooge? No, that's not. No, it's a recreation of a cover with of Scrooge McDuck. Colored and everything. It's freaking awesome. But you're Scrooge? No, I'm not in so you have So you have bags of money and and the, your lucky dime? No. That'd be way cooler. Yeah. Oh, well. You and your lucky dime? I don't know why I look like a dime. Num- your number one. Like Angus number, McDuck. Your number one dime? No. Oh. Is that what he has? Huh? It was like the one dime. It's like his first dime he ever made or whatever. It's like his number one dime. And everybody's okay. always trying to steal that specifically. He had some magical powers. Remember like the, the witch lady, like, uh. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not. She was the witch duck and she like tried to take the dime because it like had some special powers. I was like, it's a dime. It's a dime. Okay, if it's magical, that's different. But why was it magical? Because it had, because it had personal meaning? I don't know. You don't think the fact that he had like magical gold that he could swim in? I'm the, I'm the wrong person to ask about that. I know, man. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. Remember the DuckTales movie? Uh, and they found the genie? I'm going to go with maybe sort of. You don't. That's cool. Then it was really cool. Okay. It was the DuckTales movie. Okay. Remember uh, Gizmo Duck? Gizmo Duck. Oh, uh, is he the one that turns into the robot with a cool single single wheel? He's the one that is the, the robot. Yeah, there you go. So, yes, I do remember that character, although he was in the new episodes, and I did see a couple of the new episodes. So oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. He's in the, he's I actually, I, I, I've seen the art of it. I thought that somebody just like, they're kind of, he's like the kind of a uh, Robocop, but Roboduck version of a like, protector bodyguard of the Huey Dewey and Louie. Right. I can't tell you this though. There's a, uh, I think it's a DuckTale free comic day book from this week. And speaking of Ross, he looked at the cover and said there's way more... He says, in this particular issue, there's not enough bats as for what the cover has on it. And I thought that was hilarious. Because the cover has a lot of bats. Hmm. Apparently inside, not so much. So he was disappointed. And it was hilarious the way he said it. Maybe you have to be there, I guess. I don't I'm know. I'm just disappointed he's not here to drink my iced tea. Oh, there you go. It's good iced tea. I'll pass that along. Hey, well, if he's listening, Ross, I'm disappointed he's not here to drink my iced tea. I always make a fresh batch just in case you show up. Now he knows. Now he's half the battle. No, he is half the battle. The other half of the battle is the iced tea is delicious. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Uh, move on to books. Yep. Okay. Just to let you know, there will be spoilers. Uh, well, you want to start out? Uh... So the first book we're going to do tonight is a really cool book. Um, it's a number one issue by Boom Studios, and it's called We Only Find Them When They're Dead. It's kind of a bizarre, kind of a bizarre concept. Very interesting, though. But it's really cool. The art's fantastic. Um, so this is, the, this is the problem with, like, When You Let Me Lead, is that, like, I... Like after the fact, I'm, I'm I I don't wait till after I'm done talking about it, like because I'm like, oh, here's my here's my early thoughts on this thing. The art's fantastic, but it, you know I haven't really ever seen anything by Boom that the art isn't really good. They always have really good, just like really flashy, big, bright, warm, good colors, fantastic. So anyway, um, this is a preview, and it is written by Al Ewing and illustrated by Simone DeMeo. 
And the premise of this book, um, it's a near future ish sometime. That's yeah, so the future. There's in the future struggle. somewhere, and there's Earth has been kind of seems like it's been kind of decimated. Well, it's been deplenished for its uh, resources. So, as far as the world's concerned, um, resources have become more limited, and uh, we've had to seek resources elsewhere. And they've stumbled upon these things that they call gods. These massive dead bodies. Giant celestial beings out in that space. They, that they only find when they're dead. Hence the name. Since, yeah, hence, hence the, the name. name. So it starts off when... Uh, so in the, the, the year the year before it's like 20, it's 2369. So 20, it is... 2323 is what I have. Oh. Uh, well, it's because it jumps. Oh. 2323 is where the first couple pages of the book. All right. And then it fast forwards past time. Most of the young kid is the captain, I think. Si, senor. As they, an armada, well, I mean, there's one, sh- like one ship specifically that he's a part of, but it seems like it's an armada because there's multiple ships. Yeah, there's a whole group of them there. But they approach, some of them for the first time, but um, as they approach a, a dead god, they're talking about like they need to harvest the eye because jelly is like the hot thing right now. They're like, well, well, that's the case. There's going to be a lot of it, so let's just... There are a lot of people trying to get the same thing. And basically, they're using these, like laser cutting scalpels. Yeah, laser cutting scalpels, knives, it's laser like to knives. harvest meat and body parts off of these gigantic gods right. and send them back to to Earth. And it's kind of all controlled by like they're doing like little hand movements. So like the, like they're watching the god, but they're also like using their hands to kind of control like the laser cutting. But on a massive scale, because these gods are probably like five city blocks, six city blocks, seven city blocks, massive. Like, yeah, you think, think, think Galactus that's to, say, to the Marvel yeah. Universe, like massive. And they're like, they're harvesting like just bit, like a small bit of them. Like, they could fill, fit in the hole of the ship. Probably even bigger than that. Like, you know, they're probably like Superstar Destroyer style size. I mean, they're pretty big. Yeah. As far as like size is concerned. But yeah, I would accumulate it to the idea of Galactus. Because Galactus is huge, depending on who draws in comparison to the surfer where you're near the surfer but yeah as a thing that's basically the idea is these are giant galactus sized bodies that now are being harvested for meat and jewelry and gold and whatever they can whatever get they can get out of it yeah but there's all these little ships and all these little ships are different harvesters and some of them work together and some of them do not well then also they all give permission to certain ships and they don't. They don't give permission to other ships. Well, yeah, there's there's a galactic body that governs the whole situation. So, like a, a government entity that's there watching, and if your ships are within whatever allotment are allowed, or you paid your dues or whatever, then as a thing. So weirdly, they start digging up, like cutting meat out of the t- or basically her lip. Well, around her teeth and everything. Right. This massive god. So like. Um, Imagine a ship the size of the mole on Marilyn Monroe's face. That's how big the ship is compared to this god's body. Right. So, because they just show like the ship next to it, and it's like that's how big it is. So they're and they're so they just start using these like crazy laser scalpel things to cut chunks of meat off of her face and loading them to their cargo bay. Well, partway through, like all the different groups, the different pe- people doing different things for this one captain. So the captain has his. I think there's five of them different people that are doing different parts of different jobs. And 
as all that's just like any ship crew. Yeah, just yeah, just like any ship crew, really. Um, but as all that's going on, they wind up seeing one particular ship that decides it's going to go after something else, and it it's a ship that isn't isn't bonded or isn't approved, and so we kind of wind up having this ship causing another ship problems, like separate ships from our group. But they see the squabbling going on. They're like, that's the way we don't go after the eyes. So, like, there's this whole, like, factional thing going on with all these other... So all the ships that are, like, in, in a race to see who can get the best stuff off this dead body. This is basically what's going floating on. Floating space. Yeah. Even though there's a a governing source sort of watching. And it's literally just, like, lasers cutting chunks of meat off. And it's kind of gross when you get to her teeth, yeah. It's pretty gross. It's not, like... Not blind gutty, but it's kind of gross. So his like his first his for his like first mate basically is what she is. I think is like it's kind of like a ballet. It's isn't it beautiful. And he's like, nope, but it could be. And so they kind of they fill it up, and um, you know, he starts giving all of his information about like what they got. Like, no medals, no because like cer- certain things are restricted, certain things aren't. Like they, they can only do certain things because they're only a certain kind of ships. So like they can collect like it seems like they can collect. Tissues and meats. Big tissue, basically, like body tissue. Like other people are, are there for like mining, like the, the different, like the metals and things like that. Like, yeah, what you're allowed to do, what you're not allowed to do, what you're allowed to but get. But those people obviously are probably not allowed to do body tissue, things like that. So, right. And so at, at the very beginning, there's a point where they're all talking. He tells them all that they need to be quiet because the ship has ears and be careful what they talk about. Right. Because I think that like whoever's the governing body is just like Constantly very controlled everything. Yeah. And so, um, and he actually says that at the end, like it well comes back around, yeah. So as they do it, like a tertiary check, like check the ship and everything, and he's talking to everybody, and he kind of ends it with um, on a very massive cliffhanger. He's like, "This is the last dead god we'll see because the next one we'll see will be alive." Right. So they they decide they're going to go someplace else. And there's there's an interesting other connection in there with one of the uh, officer types that's out there. Which I mean, read the books, you can get it. Like the book's great. Like it's it's awesome. So like, it's a little more vague than some of the other things we do for stuff. But the book comes out in like I don't know a month or something. And I feel like we, and, as a store, we didn't order enough probably because it's good. Well, cool. Like, and I hope that people are like it's a chase thing, and they'd be like, oh my gosh, we can't get enough of this, but because it's the art is fantastic. The, oh, sto- yeah. the store seems really good. Like just on like like what we saw. So there's two different conversations about this book. Number one. It's an upcoming book. Really excited about it. Boom Studios does good stuff. Really excited for it. See where it goes because it's a really cool premise. There's not a lot of really cool premises coming out. Like, this is a lot of, like, sometimes you just get recycled stuff, you know? And this one's like, oh, mining gigantic dead bodies in space that look like, that, that we call gods. Like, pretty interesting. Yeah. But we, we read it digitally and we've talked about digital a bunch of times. It's like, I still find it hard to like read things digitally. Like, I, don't, I just, I just don't get it. Like, I mean, we, I mean, we did, it was full cut. We've done, we've done previews before, but, but sometimes they're just like, you know, like the preview pages, which is like, it's kind of grayscale still and all that kind of stuff. But this was full on, but so, and it looks fantastic, but like, you know, I know some certain people out there are into it, but I'm just not into digital comics, man. Just can't do it. And what do you think about it? Uh, digital in general? Just digital comics, like just reading, reading comic digitally. I mean, I don't, it's not, I don't prefer that. As a, as a thing, if it's the only way the book's ever made, then I guess so be it. 
But as far as like a thing in general, there's no collectability to it, and it's not the same. I mean, there are certain things that are built just that way. I mean, there are digital comics that are like updated every day, and it's like a, a car- cartoon strip, and those are fine for what they are. But it's not quite the same thing. I mean, I don't. I've never been a. a I've never been a uh, perpetuator. No, that's not the right word. A subscriber. Subscriber to the idea of digital comics in the first place. I get it for archive stuff, and I'm completely on board for that. If you want to read Spider-Man number one, the very first Spider-Man, you want to read Detective Comics 27, have at it. Because getting a hold of one of those copies is going to cost you a million or more dollars. Yeah, but they've all be, also been re- reprinted a million yeah, times. The reprints, are, the reprints are expensive, too. Mm. Detective 27 doesn't get reprinted that often, man. It really doesn't. And even with reprints in the world, like... If that's the only thing that exists, it, that's the only thing that exists. So, I get it for certain things. Other than that, it, it, it I is. I will say yeah. this: it is cool when we're discussing when we're having a conversation about a certain book to be able to Google it and be like um, Green Lantern. When we were talking about like the during the Blackest Night when Sinestro fought Mongol, and we like we were had to go back and reference that, and we like it was easy to find, and it's just like. I would much rather read that, reread that issue that I own, that I bought, and that I've read multiple times. But like during this podcast, it was easy for me to Google the issue number, go back and find it, and be like, "Oh yeah, this was the words that they said. This is what happened. This was the issue that happened in." So it's, I mean, I get that part of it. But most people, you know what I mean? It's like I don't, I don't want to sit and just read an entire comic book on my phone. But I mean, that being said, this isn't, this isn't coming out on OnlyFone. So this is, I don't want to confuse anybody. Like, it's just like, yeah. it, why, what, every time you send me one of these and we, we preview a book, it makes me think of like how much I just truly appreciate the printed word. And I just want to give a shout out to the printed word because it's just like, there's something warm and real and comforting about just touching a book. It's real. And I love it. And it's like, I just want to give a shout out to that because it's, it makes me realize how much that you lose when you don't have it to touch. Sure. That's that's mostly it. Like it's, it's it's not this big dramatic conversation, but mostly that. But this book is going to be really cool. It's a very neat premise, and I'm curious to see how it goes. Sure. Well, Al Ewing, good writer, um, really popular over on Immortal Hulk right now. Um, is also writing Guardians of the Galaxy. If you guys didn't notice, um, but yeah, he's a good writer. The art is fantastic. So. I mean, score-wise on the book, I mean, I give it a four and a half, man. That's a pretty high rating because it, it I was thoroughly entertained by it, and the write-up in the catalogs I liked a lot. Yeah. So I was real happy to see when they when they get when they let us preview it. I thought that was freaking awesome. So, like as a thing, uh, if if you guys are sleeping on this one, because the way things are going right now with the scale of movies and all the independent stuff getting picked up, this thing's freaking awesome. I mean, it just style-wise, it's great, and story-wise. For first issue, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. Dug yeah. it. Yeah, same. Um, everything you said, four and a half, fantastic. So sweet. And I, and I uh, give, giving to have given it a five, and it, you know, it would need to be like you can't give a five to just something random. Like it has to be exceptional, fantastic. So well, it's like the, like they say, there's no real things a ten in Grady comics. So same thing. Yeah, it's, I mean, and there have been ones, but like they're ex- extremely exceptional. So like that's the things. It's like it's pretty neat. It, it's a very cool book, and I hope that I hope it. I wish it very much success because I'm a big fan of it so far. Oh, yeah, it's great. 
And like overview, like I said, there's a lot of pieces we didn't really talk about in the book, and it's pretty. I'm sure this sounds super vague. The entire thing does, but as far as books are concerned, like it, it's fantastic. Um, and if you like space adventure stuff, it's space adventure. If you like, I don't know, sci-fi, it's it's heavy sci-fi space adventure. So like that's yeah, it's awesome. I, I, yeah, it's great. I mean, the entire first issue takes place in like one small small sector of space. They cut the lip off of a giant. That's it, kind of. But it's like, it's so, the writing's so good and the art's so good, it kind of just like, I mean, they're just there to like mine a giant. Well, I mean, there's, like I said, there's other intriguing side there. I mean, we we actually open up with a flashback and that's where things actually start. But yeah. I, it, I, I know, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying yeah, that like, that, that, that's how good the writing is. It's just like, it's just this small. Oh, small segment of, yeah. It's just like, it's such a small awesome. segment of time that so much, like, yeah. not that much happens, but it's so interesting. Right. Yeah, it's great. Surely. So, yeah, check, it, check, check it out, people. It's freaking great. Um, alright, we'll move on to, uh, gonna do Fox McKenna or Blade Runner. Blade Runner 29, 2019? Yep. Okay. So, uh, Blade Runner's coming out from Titan Comics. They do a lot of, uh, a lot of different property books. And this is Blade Runner 2019 because that's the year that the first Blade Runner movie was supposed to be happening in. And this did start in 2019, so that also namesake's pretty good. Um, it's written by um, Michael Green and uh, Mike Johnson, and the artist by Andreas Guinaldo. I think that's how you say it. Know, try that. Guinaldo? Guinaldo. That's better. <laughs> as far as story, like, the, the, first, the first page has a giant write-up of, like, the world, and, like, I guess you don't have to read it, but it does make this, it does set things up. If you understand Blade Runner, then you understand that at one point the Tyrell company created robot people, and eventually those robot people developed their own sets of feelings and didn't like being used for what they're being used for, and eventually rebelled, and that caused problems. Um, so, I mean, same world, it's still Blade Runner. Um, as far as the book's concerned, when it first opens up, we basically have an interview happening in the uh, a fellow talking to, uh, well, talking to us, really, explained the exact same thing I just told you. And we jumped to the year 2000. In the year 2000, we, uh, we're in the, I don't know, like, not really a super slum area, but kind of like a street market area. And we've got this little girl and her grandma, or in, I think it's her grandma. They say that. I don't remember. Anyway. And the two of them are running a, a small, like, uh, food, sh- food shop, an Indian food store that would sell stuff at a bazaar, you know, with a bunch of little booths set up next to each other. She's telling her daughter, we've got to pay real close attention and take care of, you know, be careful with all these people. Uh, character, the girl is Ashlyn, Ash, Ashina, Ashina, A-S-H-I-N-A, Ashina. And, uh, well, they get their first two customers, and it's a couple officers. And, uh, the officers put in their order, and they, the one lady starts talking nice with the, with the, with the Sheena and asks her, what do you want to be when you grow up? She's like, I don't want to be a doctor. She's like, ah, cool to have dreams, kid. And then grandma gives him the food and she's like, well, thanks a lot. And the captain guy turns and just starts walking away. And she's like, hey, wait, you guys haven't paid. And she stops her and says, well, I'm going to tell you this just one time because you're new here. It's good you're new here because we don't have Indian food as a choice. We're here to protect you so you take care of us. That's it. This is on the house. And the two of them leave. And of course, 
out of Satsushima, and basically just got stolen from by the cops. And Grand Grand explains to her that, yeah, well, that's how it is. That's how it always is. That's how it always will be. That's just the scenario we're in. And we see that, of course, Ashton's not very happy about that. Um, then we get a crazy computer printout display of a conversation between Tyrell and a, an agent that we're dealing with the, uh, the five version of the new, uh, synthetics. And we've had one that was built to be a pleasure bot kill one of the lab assistants in the facility prior to it being shipped out to its owner. And that's a major problem because this particular bot was not even built to be able to do anything else. And so that makes the corporation really worried. Then we fast forward to 2009. So now we join Ashina and she's in a junk, junk dealer's store and he's looking at this human skull with a hole in the head of it. And she's asking him if it's real or not. He's like, oh yeah, I think I'm going to start a collection. I got that from one of the frigate ships or whatever. And uh, she asks, well, do you have my stuff? And he's like, well, do you have the money to pay for it? And she tells him, oh yeah, I finally got the money to pay for it. Something when she was a child, we know she had a brace on her arm. Well, she's had a problem walking the entire time. She has spinal trouble. So she can walk, but it's with assisted canes and uh, like a harness to keep her upright. This hasn't gotten better with age. It's only gotten worse. And of course, living in you know, poverty, you can't get any better. So what the guy brings out from the back is this crazy like metal apparatus to attach to her that'll make her spine straighten out and make it easier for her to walk and kind of fix her. He asks her for the money, and so she, of course, pulls out this wallet with a bunch of stuff inside of it and hands it to him and tells him it's all there. He's like, yeah, well, you know, you can get a discount if you wanted to, you know, you know, have a little time. And she's like, no, that's gross. And he basically opens the wallet and looks inside of it, and there's a bunch of pictures in there. And he starts freaking out. He's like, where'd you get these pictures? How'd you get these? And she's like, well, I know a lot of people, and uh, I'm able to find a lot of stuff. And the implication is that it's pictures of him doing things he shouldn't be doing. And that uh, if other people got hold of those pictures, it would be a major problem. And of course he threatens her, and she tells him that he, she's like better than the people that he knows that could do work to her. And uh, she leaves with the apparatus, and it basically fixes her, her back. Then we get like a crazy kind of commercial that uh, tells us about synthetics. They provide service. They provide uh, protection. Uh and it's got like shots of some of them digging, like drilling. Another one where they're fighting a war. Another one where one's serving dinner. And it's uh, the Nexus Six, the new synthetics. So it's like commercial, kind of like if, if you ever saw Starship Troopers. Kind of like Starship Troopers does commercials in the middle of their movie to be like, join the cause. Similar, same idea. From there, we jump forward again. Now we're in 2013. And we join Ash, as she calls herself now. And she's in the middle of doing an interview. Um, she's sitting on one side asking questions of a lady on the other side in a pair of glasses. And there's a machine in the middle, which is where, if you've, ever, if you've ever seen Blade Runner, you know what the machine is. It's the same machine that you use to question the person to try to prove whether they're real or not. And the question she asks, it's so, it's pretty twisted. Um, so it says, you're alone in a barn, there's no hay on the floor, and a ewe is giving birth, so that there's a baby being born. Something's wrong, and the lamb is trapped as a baby, like a calf. And the, ba- the tra- ba- baby's trapped in the canal. The ewe is screaming, blood is, and placenta are spilling on the floor. What do you choose to do? And the lady sits there for a second, and then eventually she answers that uh, she tried to save the lamb. And we see Ash's face, and it's got a distasteful look on it. And she uh, says, okay, 
And Lee's like, is that it? Is that, you only gonna ask four questions? I'm like, is that all? And you see Ash roll up her sleeve and she steps back and gets into her jacket and pulls out a gun. And she tells her that she spotted her as a synthetic before she went through the room. The questions are to test your responses and how quickly you react to things. And she's like, oh, so you just get to decide we die? And she's like, well, at this point, that's what my job is. And she's like, she asks her, well, how do you feel about, how does your soul feel about killing us? We have souls too. She's like, this is my first one. I don't know. And uh, she shoots her. That is off panel. But uh, we cut from there after a gunfire to Ash walking through the rain in the trench coat. It's very Decker-ish. I mean, it's it's Blade Runner, just with a different character. It's a pretty cool, like, setup. And if you haven't read any of the series and never even saw Blade Runner before, it kind of covers a lot of pieces. If you've seen the Blade Runner movies, then you should know whether you like the theme or not. But that's basically what the story's about. And we just have a new cop that's not connected to the Decker at all. Best I can tell, it doesn't connect to the movies, save it being the same world and same style story. But uh, as, I mean, as a thing, I've, I've liked the series myself. Um, as far as coming out, I mean, they had a struggle because of COVID, just like everything else. Score-wise, I'm going to give it a three. It's a pretty entertaining read. I do like, like myself, I like Blade Runner a lot. So it could just be the kid in me from the 80s being like, this is awesome because Blade Runner, robot people. Meh. But uh, I, I liked it. Josh, what do you know about the Blade Runner? Good to two and a half. I like the art a lot. Like, I mean, it'd be it'd be a decent, like, mediocre book if it wasn't I didn't have the Blade Runner title. I think the Blade Runner title, like, gives it more umph than it deserves. Well, it's definitely a leg up because it was connected to. Yeah, I mean, but, like, if you would just... I mean, it doesn't necessarily need to be called a Blade Runner book. Like, it could stand alone on its own, but on its own, it just kind of like, eh, it's all right. It's not bad. It's just, like, it's not, it's not oh, my gosh. You know, it doesn't, like... Blow me out of the water. Doesn't change the world, no. So. To two and a half, is that what you said? Yeah. Okay. Cool. Which is, I mean, it's like, again, it's not bad, but it's not. We're a scale of five if you don't know that, people. I guess I should say at the beginning of the show. Top to set five comics podcast yeah, yeah. out of five. I guess we should say it at the beginning. Yeah. If they're, not, if they're not on board with that by now, then. Well. But if you're new and this is the first time you listen. You're yeah, 142 issues in. We're called the top five comics podcast. And we're rating things. Sure. I think at this point, if we can't figure it out, then it's like, not the sharpest spoon in the drawer. Me and that are we filled. So let's go with their, their dull spoon. Because I don't want to be the problem. I don't think you're, yeah. All right, next book, what is what are we doing? So we're going to do the Critical Role, which Critical Role is a, like a, it's an online uh, Twitch D&D game. Basically, it's played by a bunch of people and it's become quite, Internet famous, but they, um, during the downtime, some comic books have been put out by, for the origin story of their actual characters. And this is called Vox Machina Origins. Um, the, the title of this, um, free comic book day story is called Animals. And it's written by Jody Hauser and the art is by Hunter Severn Bonyan. And, you know, right off the bat, art's fantastic. Oh, yeah. But, so, I mean, if if you're curious what I'm talking about, um, just Google it. Like this, um, the critical role thing. Like it's 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 an entire thing. Oh yeah, it's like it's a group of people who do this ongoing D and D game. Um, there's the, the the first game that they did, and the second game they did, and it's like it's all on Twitch and it's a whole bunch of voice actors and yeah. actor actors. That it's crazy. I don't know. It's it's, it's a whole thing. And yeah. I mean, it's not even like necessarily voice actors. They're just playing D and D on Twitch, though. What they are? Their real jobs are being voice actors. 
It's weird. And can, yeah, I, yeah, whatever. But it's 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 a weird thing. Yeah. I mean, which I mean, I would much rather just play it than watch other people play it, which is interesting. But this is this is a story, which is cool. And if if what they do spawns this thing, pretty neat because I like fantasy. Sure. So, Jodie Howard is a good. I like her. She's a good writer. She's actually there's an interview with her from her. Oh gosh, it's probably two or it's a couple of years ago now. She was writing uh, Mother Panic for uh, Gerard Way when he was doing the Young Animal imprint over DC. So we we have an interview on this show from her a couple of years ago. She's really cool. Sorry, go on. So it starts out in a, a town called Whitestone. There's a massive castle in the background, and they're um, talking about like a royal wedding, and they they talk about like uh, what looks like to be a vampire couple. Well, part of what they're when they're talking about the, the wedding, it's like apparently the wedding is not happening in their town. No, it's, it's not happening in their town. But they're talking about a wedding, right? But in 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 their country, but not in the town. They're, right? They're bummed it's not in their town because they they'd make more money, but they're also glad it's not happening in their town because they know like all the bad stuff doesn't happen with it. Right? Yeah. They when heroes show up, bad stuff comes. That's the, that's what they say in there. And they yeah, it's the whole thing about that. They're like, well, maybe we could make something to help commemorate it and try to make some money anyway. But yeah, they start talking about all the bad stuff coming, and that's kind of what. Where this picks up at, yeah. But, the, but they're talking about, like, well, they're not just heroes. They're the Vox Machina, and they've saved the whole world, didn't they? Like, ah! And then that, then this, like, starts talking of, like, you're just young. You don't understand. But then they all, like, the different people around this table playing this. It's not it's some sort of dice game. They all start telling their own versions of the story of the Vox Machina. And one story is noble people who weren't necessarily good and then some like weird dinosaurs show up on the outside. Yeah, they're talking about taking out the uh like the royal or the family that was in trials or things and who weren't good. Yeah. This version of the story yeah, it looks the wind outside the window that's getting ready to cry, be crashed through by these crazy animals. It's like triceratops. They look like triceratopses, yeah. But then the exact same like somebody else like, No 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 no. Same thing but different. And then it's like cows. Giant cows, yeah. <laughs> Which I mean it, Cows are kind of like it's just entire. They're triceratops. So that that's that's the some old man's version of it, and they're like, "Whatever, old timer." They're like cows, and then like the real heroes would never demean themselves by wearing such mundane forms. I remember hearing one particularly impressive battle, and they're like, "Okay, this should be good." And then it shows an an elven woman who flies off a cliff and turns into a whale and smashes a bunch and sinks a bunch of ships. Like a whale? What are you talking about? Like. There's no way. It's like, well, they're basically gods, aren't they? And then there's some guy in the corner, like hooded, dark, cloaked figure. And uh, he's like, let me tell you guys about these so-called gods and the, what kind of animals they really are. And he like he tells this dark story of like supposedly how the heroes are evil and they murder all these people. And it get, it, the art at this point turns a very like black and red and gray, like very Sin City style, kind of like just very evil. Tell me, does that sound like a bunch of heroes to you? And they're like, uh, it really is a duty to avenge a fallen friend. And I think they just kind of, kind of move on about their business. And, uh, they, they kind of ignore the guy a little bit. Um, but then they start talking about trying to make some more money about like, oh, you know, we get, we call my, my cousin who's a butcher and like, we do like, we do like the, like can, the, can make a commemorative bacon. The commemorative bacon, <laughs> and like, and like this guy walks out the door. And the next thing you know, he's like, he's up on the hillside outside the town. He's like, "Master, I've heard where there's going to be a wedding." And then they go, "Wedding, you say? Good to know." And it's like a vampire. 
obviously, of some sort, which I don't know enough about the story to understand who that is. I'm sure people who do know will be like, oh my gosh, plot twist, but I don't know, I don't know who he is. But right. anyway, regards to that, it's neat because there's like a bunch of people hanging out in a tavern. It's like fantasy-esque. Seems cool. I mean, it's a fun little story getting the different people's view of things. Because, like, the old man, it's cows, and, like, the young guy, it was crazy triceratopses, and then the elf vampire guy, it's completely opposite because he's on the other side of the situation. So, like, that was pretty cool, getting three takes of the same sort of event. And, like, I don't know, the commemorative bacon thing's pretty funny. He's like, I could probably get my brother to make a commemorative ale. It's just, like, so so funny. So the backup book. This is a this is a two part book. It is it is the Dark Horse the, uh, Free Combo Day book, and it's uh, it's going to be really hard for me to go through this. Uh, yeah, because it's it's Neil Gaiman's Norse mythology adapted for comics. Like he did he did a novel, and he does like the the Norse god like kind of history thing, basically talking the rise of the world and through the through the Norse mythology and like. Oh, like what Odin is and who, where he comes from, and like the the, the, the populating of the word the earth, right? Um, Carving people out of trees. Yeah, it's you know, it's it's a. Uh, I know it'd be hard for me to go through this like we normally do. Yeah, but I mean, it's if you love Neil Gaiman, it's cool, and the novel actually is neat. But it's like as a comic. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things, like, it'd be kind of hard. I think they just threw this in there. I'm not sure. Well, it's going to be a mini-series. Like, it's it's a series happening. As far as books, why they put it inside the free comic day book, I don't totally understand. Because art-wise, visually, the the art is... It's, it's not like... I guess when you say graphic, it's not, like, crazy graphic. It's mediocre. It's okay. But if it's... Not like style, I mean, like, content. I mean, content of it... If this is on a free comic day rack next to My Little Ponies, the front group looks like a match of adventurers, a fun story that kids should be okay with. And then Norse mythology, the back half of this book is just not. Like it's, yeah. It, like I said, it's not, when I say graphic, it's not like, I don't know. There's different levels, man. And I, but yeah, this thing was, it was sitting next to the Spider-Man book or the My Little Pony book or something else would be a questionable choice as far as a free comic day giveaway book. But I mean, they're not all designed for kids, so I guess this one would fall on that side of things. But yeah, if you like Neil Gaiman, if you like the American Gods, I don't know if it's going to have more of a story to it than just the review of the universe, because that's what this basically is. But this is more like a zero, so it's not even part of the regular series. Just like Blade Runner is like a setup for the normal series. It's and not it, really part of it. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, like, if a little kid picked this up, it, it wouldn't really weird me out too much, because it's like the weirdest part is like when the weird Norse cow like licks the ice off the person. Like, I mean, I don't know about Norse mythology. I, I know a lot, a little bit about a lot of things. I knew a little bit about a lot of things. I don't know much about Norse mythology. Sure. And I didn't know that there was a, a weird cow that, uh, or a giant the, the, frost the, guy that licked the ice off the frost guy. No. The cow's bigger than the frost guy. Yeah. I, I didn't know that. It's, it's a weird thing. I don't it's know. weird. Whatever. I'm sure, I'm sure it all has a thing. But, I mean, Neil Gaiman fans will love it. Sure. His style um, of writing, it, it still sits well for his style of writing. So if and, and, and I love Neil Gaiman. It's just like, it's like eh, whatever. Sure. But as, as the two stories go, 
I wish I knew more more about Vox Machina. I thought it was a video game when I first read it, actually, because I was like, oh, this must be a video game thing. But it's like, no, it's just a bunch of characters created by people in a D&D game that are... They got bigger than the game, yeah. Internet famous, kind of, yeah-ish. I mean, they're not that famous. I didn't know about them, so... Yeah, because they're voice actors for movies and again, that doesn't mean they're that famous, because I didn't know about it. I think the most famous one probably... Justin Bieber's famous, because I know who he is. Oh, my gosh. See what I'm saying? These guys are just like, oh, we have a D&D game, and we're kind of famous, and we get to play D&D for money sometimes. You know Will Wheaton, though, right? Yeah, I know Will Wheaton, too. He does the same stuff. Um, I think the most famous one in this group, probably, the grand. I, as far as voice actors, it's not true. She, she does, doesn't do as much as the other people, but she's been in show shows. Do you remember Growing Pains? The TV series? Mm-hmm. The youngest daughter on Growing Pains? Chrissy? Yes. She's also the waitress in Avengers 1 that could save by Captain America. She is one of the people in this group. So that's a lot of check marks to try to get there. Do you have a score for that book, Daryl? Uh, uh, yeah, two and a half, I guess. Sure. I like, I like the art a lot in the first part. It was like, it reminded me of, what was the name of that? Steampunks? Is that the name of that book way back in the day? It was like two detectives. Like very, like, very anime style. Like the, the backlit, like, I think that's what it was called. From Image? Or, uh, maybe way back in the day, probably like 99, 2000. Oh, maybe. I don't, yeah. It was good. There's one that was called Steampunk that had art by Chris Bacallo. Bacallo. You're talking about Ashley Johnson, right? Ashley Johnson is the actress, yes. I couldn't remember her name, so yes. The score wise, yeah, I give it a two and a half, too. I mean, if you like Neil Gaiman, then you'll like Norse mythology. If, uh, if you just like fantasy role playing stuff and you don't know who Critical Role is, I still think you can enjoy this book because it was it's pretty entertaining. In the regular series, at this point, there's two different volumes. Volume one, the individual issues. I guess the only way you can get them really was if you went to conventions these people were at. The when Dark Horse got on board, they collected it into a volume. Uh, the second volume just ended maybe I don't know four or five months ago, and it was a six part mini series. It is also coming out in volume at this point, so. If you if you dig the art style or Google it or whatever, you can get the volumes from your local comic shop, I guess, or online, whatever. But yeah, um, okay. I'm gonna move on to. So, to, to, in case you want to know, at this point, you're just like completely confused and very baffled and want to be a part of it. Um, the show airs on Thursdays on Twitch. Oh, for Critical Role. Yeah. There you go. Uh, at seven o'clock Pacific time. So. So if you want to get into the... Pacific time is California time, so... Right. So, yeah. So it'd be 7, 8, 9, 10, 10 o'clock Eastern time. Right. Um, anyway. And there's that. And they're on campaign two right now, I guess. They started it. They, they took a little hiatus for the corona thing. But I feel like I've heard enough people did, like, um, not like the online, like... Zoom, the Zoom D and D like kind of thing, but whatever they didn't, they took a break and they didn't. Like there's some one shots written during that time, right? So whatever. If you're into it, you're into it. Check it out. All right, it could be neat. Sure. Uh, let's move on to uh, the aftershock recomic day book, the Dark Arc Instinct is the title. 
Dark Ark, um, just to set up the book so you guys know what it is. I, th- I want to say we did a review of at least one of these issues, probably, I don't know, 100 episodes ago or something. Um, so if you know the story of Noah's Ark, this is the other Ark. So Noah's was collected all the animals two by two and his family and their families and then survived the flood of the world. Um, this is the, uh, this is the other Ark, the Ark that collected all the monsters of the world and unicorns. You know, all the unnatural animals. And it also sets sail and try to last out the storm. So when we pick up this book, we're in, we're still in the middle of the flood. The flood hasn't subsided yet. And, uh, this is before landfall. Um, the second series is after landfall. So the very first one ran, I think, 10 issues. And it's, it ends with landfall. So this is during the first series. And, uh, we're out on the high seas and we see a, a ship, an ark that has a crazy, like, I don't know, Minotaur head on the front of it. And, uh, once we get inside the Ark, there's, uh, we see, like, a batch of spider legs and crazy spider webs everywhere. And we pull back to see this is a half-woman, half-spider. And, uh, as, uh, things are going, she's in the process of laying eggs. And lots of eggs. And all the monsters are like, ooh, that's too many eggs. We're all starving. We're all hungry. They're gonna hatch soon. They're gonna be ravenous. What are they going to eat? Well, they're going to eat us. And so we've got like a Cyclops guy and we've got a half lion, half bat thing with a person's face. And, uh, they're all very worried being the bowels of the ship that, uh, once the baby spider things hatch, that the uh, only thing they're to eat will be them. And they have a low stock of food left. As we go on, we find out that there's a hold where it has some people that have been taken to be cattle for the monsters. And they are fed every once in a while, as per uh, rationing is concerned. Well, in the midst of all the demons and the monsters, there's one particular monster that is a vampire, and the vampire convinces everyone that he should go talk to their uh, their shepherd and see if he can get them to bring some food early in order to keep the uh, spiders from causing problems. And this whole time, what the vampire really wants is he wants to gain dominion over everyone else and be in charge of the ship. But, uh... As that's going on, we do get a glimpse of the unicorns who are both like, we really shouldn't be here, this is crazy. And uh, he convinces the spider, the, the spider's man, which is not the right way to say that, that he should go talk to the shepherd and convince him to give them food. He's like, why don't you go, vampire? And he's like, well, I'm a vampire, I can't go outside. He doesn't say that, but that's what he implies. Anyway, so he basically... Or charges up the, the Spider-Man to go and talk to the captain to try to get food. Mostly because the vampire wants the food himself, and he figures he'll just take over and he'll be fine. Uh, so we get on top of the, uh, outside, on top of the Ark, and, uh, our shepherd, uh, gets called by his daughter, uh, Kali, I think is how you say her name. It's K-H-A-L-E. And Kali's like, Father, the, they're getting restless. They're all going restless. And he's like, well, they're about to have the babies hatch, and, that's a major problem. And she's like, well, what if the, what if they turn on everyone? And he's like, well, it'll be the first, the first offspring born since the flood. I was really hoping it was going to be our, his other daughter's, um, child that's born instead as the first child in the new world. But he said, maybe they'll hold out to landfall. And as long as that happens, we should be fine. So he comforts her and basically calms her down. At that point, he's joined on deck with her from, um, our, Spider-Man, which is half spider, top half man. So I think centaur with a spider body. 
it's crazy looking. And of course, he's there to shake down the captain for food for his wife and his babies, because she's already laid the eggs and they're about to hatch. And so after some bickering between the two of them, he's convinced him to bring them something to feed the babies, so the babies don't eat everything. Because they'll be ravenous and they won't know any different. So we go to the hold where the people are stored, and there's a few men and women all chained up to the boat, and... uh he comes in, he's like, I need a volunteer. And of course, one girl, the younger girl, yells at him, Oh, I can't believe you're using this like this, blah, 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 blah. And uh, the older woman sitting next to her pulls her down and says, Don't, don't cause attention. If you want to make it through this ever, because most, none of us are. But if you want to last longer, you can't draw attention to yourself. And so the old woman agrees that she'll be taken because she's tired of waiting. She's tired of being in this ship. She's tired of being part of the situation. She'll go. And he's like, there's a noble thing you do. And so he leads her down the hallway through the um, other monsters to try to take her to the Spider Woman. And we see like a Godzilla and a basically Swamp Thing um, and all these monsters. Eventually they come across the vampire. The vampire's like, we're all hungry too. Why don't you feed all of us? And he's like, you know the reason why. There's only so many rations. We have no idea how long this is going to last. If you don't want to turn on each other, you got to keep your, keep your cool and... He basically puts him in place because our shepherd is also a warlock. That's his thing. He's a magician. And he was summoned by the devil to create his own ark to save the devil's minions. So he himself is not necessarily the goodest man in the world. Um, but just like Noah, he's bringing his flock. And he is not a simple man because he could defeat all of them with magic. And he reminds the he reminds them of that. And of course they all, oh no, we were just... We're just messing around. It's it's fine. Go feed the spiders. Anyhow, so him and the old lady eventually get to the spiders' room, and we see that uh, she has been hatching babies, um, but in the process of hatching them, she has also been eating them. And uh, that causes the father to freak out, because there's, there's bodies everywhere, like spider legs everywhere. It's so crazy. And he attacks her. Um, in the process of attacking her, he kills her. And uh, that leads the rest of the monsters to sort of freak out. And after he kills her, he basically throws her to them. And the old woman says, why did he do that? He does realize that now that ends his species. There won't be any more spider men because he's killed his wife and she killed all the children. Their species is over. There's no dominion for him in this world at all. He won't move forward at all. And he consoles the old woman. He's like, yeah, people do things that are crazy and... He lost his temper. Anyway, he rejoins his daughter on the deck of the ship um, because once the once the spider woman's body was thrown out to the uh, masses, they basically just ate her. So the vampire got what he wanted. It was food for himself and everyone. I just happened to be the spider lady and what was left of her chewed up babies. Super gross. Um, anyway, the, the daughter asks, why did he do that? And so they go over that a little bit and he basically explains to her that he lost his, his rage, and when he lost his, lost his mind through rage, he ended his species. He's like, that's why we can't lose our minds. We have to keep our minds about us, even though what we're doing is terrible. Um, if, if you read the regular series, you know that she had a friend in the hold that uh, was one of the passengers to be food um, from the previous batch of stories. Anyway, pretty crazy. Uh, art is gritty. It is, uh, I mean, it's a horror story, so it's, uh, it's gritty, gritty art. Um, this guy has a little bit of backup story too for books coming out in, I think, two months or a month. 
uh, called Sympathy for No Devils, and it's basically about a detective that um, hunts the supernatural and has a crazy mustache. Um, it's like a setup for a case, so there's not a whole lot of it. It's only got a few pages, so what, it's not as big as the uh, Neil Gaiman thing, but it's a similar idea. It's a it's a setup book for another book about you know death of monsters, and then this particular detective that appears to be human, at least at one point was on a police department squad with a Frankenstein and a batch of other crazy monster-looking things. Not like gross monster-looking things, but like I don't know, Universal monster style. Not. Not dark arc out of control style. Monster Squad, like my, yeah, like Monster Squad style. <laughs> um, anyway, the preview for it's only like three or four pages, so I, d- I don't feel like you get a whole big taste of it. But as a setup, I mean, it was an okay setup. Um, as far as the dark arc's concerned, the story is great. I mean, it it really is. It's so twisted and messed up, and like the opposite, the whole idea of an alternate Noah's Ark is just crazy. So you like alternate history or like sort of horror story history, that's really what this thing is. And the art, it is really, compared to what I normally like, it is really gritty. But it's also a story about spider people eating their kids, so, yeah. It makes a lot of sense, actually. Um, yeah. Uh, Score-wise, I don't know, man. It depends on what you like, twisted-wise. I give it a three. It, for being like a horror story, it's pretty well put together. And having read most of the Dark Arc Volume 1, granted I did not finish it, only because I didn't have time, it's pretty good. Um, Landfall, that one started, I think Rob's reading it, so I didn't really get to, but he didn't say anything bad about it, so I guess I'm going to have to assume it's still good. Anyhow, uh, yeah, so three, score. Um, if you like horror story history, yeah, it's, it's pretty dark. Josh, what do you know about the uh, Dark Arc? Um, you know, the premise, it, premise alone, I think, is interesting. So, I give it a three as well. Um, the art didn't bother me. Well, it's gritty, but it's gritty for the sake of the story. Yeah, but it wasn't like, but sometimes when, when it goes that way, it goes, it goes too far that way. Oh, sure. Yeah, I see what you mean. It's not. Yeah, so yeah. it, it actually, like, it actually, it, like you said, it fit very well. Um, it's a very interesting concept. Which is, it's, it's, it's a really cool concept. Like, very dark, very evil. It's a cool concept. Right. Like, Satan basically had his own arc. For the most part, yeah. To save the dark, the dark creatures. Right. And obviously, right. they're not gonna be out for the, like, yeah. Not for the good of humanity. Or in general, anything. I was, just, I'm just curious why the unicorns are there. Like, why? Because why, they're freaks of nature, man. <laughs> no, man. Narwhals still exist, and they're... they're, they, just, they, they're they, narwhals are basically just whales with horns. They can swim in the ocean, though. The, the flood didn't hurt them. So, so a horse with a horn? What's wrong with that? Have you seen Cabin in the Woods? They want blood. <sighs> I'm just saying. Have you seen Stardust? They're there just to rescue people. <laughs> well, if you see, uh, what was it, Unicorn Store, I guess they're to make you f- realize that you're... Don't need to have magic things to be normal. You see Harry Potter, where they're just like, oh, if you feed on the blood of a unicorn, you just live a half life. But their but their blood's healing, no half life. But they're such pure animals. I mean, we could go back and forth for days on unicorns. Unicorns are in legend; they're a mystical thing as well. They're good, good, though. I, I'm I'm not going to say they're not. I'm just saying that apparently God didn't want unicorns, so no one didn't take them, which is sad. Maybe they just missed the boat. Maybe they like they slept in. <laughs> like the robot chicken with the dinosaurs and the dragons, they were told the wrong time to get up. 
Exactly. Okay, so let's move on. To the last <laughs> book is yeah. a book that's been out for years, but it's a good one. 2013 is one. So the cool thing is, is um, they're coming out with an animated series of this, and that's, I think, why they're doing this. <clears throat> Not even that I think that this, but they're 100% that's why they're doing this. Cause on the cover of this, it says, Coming soon to Prime Video. So, um, actually, Seth Rogen and... Let me see, wait, who else is part of this? It's going to be an animated series on Prime Video. Yep. Steven Yeun, who played Glenn and Walking Dead. Oh, yeah, yeah. And actually, uh, what's his name? What Kirkman is working on this. Right. Um, J.K. Simmons, Sandra Oh, Mark Hamill, Seth Rogen, Jillian Jacobs. Like, it's a pretty star-studded cast. So this is going to be really cool. It's all, all voice. It's going to be, it's going to be a cartoon. So, Invincible, that's premises like, um, a teenage boy whose dad is the most powerful superhero in the world. Yeah, I mean, short pitch, yeah. I mean, there's a lot more to that. I don't want to ruin anything for anybody. No, no, you're good. Because we're only doing issue one, so there's a lot of things that happen way past this, but which you and me both know about, because we both read this book, and we're both big fans of... Invincible is, 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 it's great. Yeah. Like, in, Robert Kirkman had two books that were run, that were very long running books. I mean, most of you are aware of The Walking Dead. If you're not aware of The Walking Dead, look at a t-shirt, cause it's a thing. Um, but Kirkman started The Walking Dead, I think 2000, go oh gosh, 2002, I think. Don't quote me on that, cause I don't totally remember. But Invincible happened 2003. And, uh, Invincible ran 140, 149 issues, 146 issues, somewhere in there. Um, two artists on the book, uh, just like Walking Dead, started out with a different artist for the first five issues. This also did the same thing. Um, but it was his other long-running book, and they are two like parallel different styles stories, um, which is awesome. I mean, Walking Dead, you're talking about z- zombies and survival and how people turn on each other. and if They and, don't know about Invincible at this point. It's a totally different thing. They shouldn't be watching the, listening to this podcast. Again. I mean, you can still listen. It's fine. If you're this far along, you're doing good. But if you don't know what The Walking Dead is, really? You're listening to a comic book podcast? I know. Because the fact I, that you're even explaining it is like baffles me. Well, if you never heard of Invincible because you know The Walking Dead, but you know The Walking Dead from TV, then you don't know Invincible is a thing. Hmm. The Invincible... Well, Invincible is the other thing by the same guy who created Walking That's Dead. That's basically what I just said. But you're like telling about Walking Dead is... No, no. That was all one big statement. I just use more words because I'm fancy. Like, and there's this thing, and like, it's called The Walking Dead, and there's like, a bunch of like posters and zombies, and there's all sorts of stuff. All just heard exactly what you're trying to mimic. So anyway, this starts out with like this kid flying a guy with a bomb on his chest um, during the Arctic somewhere, and he gets to a point where he's up high, and he throws the guy. The guy explodes. The superhero falls into the snow, crashes, gets up, Burst himself off. He's like, wow, I need to quit cutting it so close. I'm going to give myself a heart attack. And then it uh, fast forwards to, um, well, not, it rewinds basically it rewinds, to, yeah. to uh, the mom knocking on the door, the kid's kid, the same guy, slash kid, teenage kid, sitting on the toilet reading a comic book, The Walking Dead. No, um, it's, it's Science Dog. He's reading Science Dog. That's the only connection between The Walking Dead and Invincible. Science Dog is the t-shirt that Carl wears in the TV series and in the comic book for a short period of time. And this is the comic book that he's reading. It's Science Dog. But the uh, the font is the same as Walking Dead. Doesn't matter. Yeah, but it's supposed to be Walking Dead, basically. No, it's Science Dog. He it's has his own comic, Dead. too. So anyway, so 
He's like telling her, she's like, hurry up, get ready to, for school, you're gonna be late, blah, blah. And he runs down, and she's like, oh, you're 10 minutes, 10 minutes to spare. And, uh, goes, and she's like, hey, have you heard from dad? And she's like, no, but this, 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 and this, uh, there's this thing going on in Japan, or Taiwan. Is it Taiwan? Yeah. Well, he's like, yeah, do you know where he is? It's she's like, like, I never know where he is when he's at the office. And it's like, it's basically, what, you know, we'll find out, like, later, like, his dad fighting some gigantic dragon. Elsewhere in the world. And so he goes to school and talks to a couple people. Then he shows him at work, throwing the trash away. He says, it's about time. He like throw, he throws this thing and like he throws the trash bag like super high in the air, like massive. Like he's like gets, he's trying to toss it into the dumpster and it's like the trash bag just shoots like for days. He's like, yeah, about time. Cause he finally has powers. And then he's sitting at home that night and she's getting ready to tell him about his day. And then all of a sudden dad just swooshes in. Sorry, I was over in Egypt, and I was doing this thing, and then I was this, this, and this, and this, and, you know, superhero stuff. I, I mean, what else do you say? Like, he just, like, adds, adds it all in, then he's, you know, superhero dad. Right. Mustache, Tom Selleck-ish looking guy. He does have a pretty good mustache, yeah. So then, you know, fast forward a little bit more, and he's he's up on his roof that night, and he's like, Dad, this is, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, it's all about reflexing, and just, like, just relax. And he jumps off the roof, and he's like, oh, no. And then he's, like, flying. So then the kid has super strength, and he can fly. And then it shows some, like, some villains of some sort, like a couple guys in a suit, and a guy with, like, a rock, like, hard exterior, and they're running away. And the guy's doing this thing, and then... You know, a kid, obviously, who doesn't have a good costume. It's like basically Spider-Man early days. Um, stops him and knocks the guy and, like, breaks the shell off this guy and knocks him out. Saves, you know, stops stops the bad guys. But then his dad's like, huh, oh, you really need to uh, get a better costume. His costume is like Old West handkerchief trying to cost your face. So COVID days, he would look well, normal. It's, well, it's like, it's a pair of like leather work gloves. It's a red sweatshirt. It's some blue pants with a yellow stripe and like a bandana with some like crappy goggles. It's like basically Spider-Man early days. Sure. Well, he, when he lands, he's like, they're like, he's like, I wonder if they think I'm here to rob them. Cause like, maybe I'm, that's the way he's dressed. It looks like he'd be trying to burtle you in an so, alley. So he takes him to some scientist who, you know, his dad, like his dad's super his, his dad's version of Alfred basically like helps him build I mean, I mean he does build costumes yeah he's the Alfred of, like he's an older guy that gives advice and builds costumes and helps him out that's the Alfred for Athena's well, universe sure his dad takes his dad's like oh gotta go and he's like oh, what's up with all these like circles and things he's like well you know in the old days like they were like solar collectors cause I thought your dad was solar powered and he's like but it's not the case now. I was like, so I don't understand. Like, kind of, I don't know how I feel about it. Yeah, the costume he's got him wearing is like this crazy yellow and white. and Yellow, yeah, it's yellow and It's kind of, orange. It's, it's funny because when he's like, yeah, I thought you were powered by the solar power. The So it's solar power in the suit is. And the dad's like, yeah, call him, call him misconception. Because he's like Superman. That's the whole. Right. Yeah. So then he goes back to him to school and, you know, he's sitting in class and, um, being normal, like, kind of nerdy teen, whatever. Trying to take his tests. Not, yeah. even, not even really nerdy. He's just kind of, like, sliding under the radar. He's not he's not super smart, but he's not super, like, super popular. He's at his locker, and some some guy's getting picked on. And uh, he's like, he's like, hey, man. The, I mean, the kid that's getting picked on is like, hey, leave me alone. And he's like, hey, I told you to leave him alone. 
And he just like smashes him in the locker and just like KOs the guy. And the guy's out. And so then he gets ex- obviously gets suspended. And then it. Well, why is he gets so he gets pulled in the principal's office? And like the last thing the old man says to him before he leaves, he's like, "You're not invincible, you know." No, that's what the that's what the principal the, says. The principal says the, as you put it, Alfred guy is like, "Hey, so if you want to, because the kids are like, I don't know if this costume is iconic enough." And he's like, "That's what everybody says." Well, but you got to find it. You got to find. You got to pick a name. And he's like, "Oh, so next time you come see me, have a name or a couple names thought of, and we'll figure out what your costume should look like after you pick a name." So then he picks invincible, right? Because so the principal says. So there's some, then then it flashes to a. a the something in dime savings alone, like some bank robbery, and he like, you know, a bunch of like mass guys with a bulletproof vest and like cargo pants and machine guns, yeah. all that stuff, and he crashes through, and he's like, "You guys, they're like, Where, where's the where's the getaway car? Are you guys looking for this? They drop a vehicle, blow you away." He's like, "You wouldn't try that. I'm invincible." And I'm just like so that's the that's issue number one. Like it's super old school. It was a really good book. It ran for a really long time. There's a lot of plot twists and a lot of crazy things that happen in this book. Really neat. Like, uh, um, weirdly, the way that I thought that was written, I, for some odd reason, thought, thought Mark Millar was part of this, but he does, uh, what's the one he does? Um, Millar, he did kick ass. No, nah, he, he has a superhero different. one. Uh, it's very, it's kind of similar to this. There was Super Crooks, and there was another one called, it had a magic monkey that was the devil in it. Um, I think you might be talking about, um, the one that Frank quietly drew. Is that the one you're talking about? It was called. Yeah. Oh, shoot. That's what I'm exactly what I'm talking about. It was more about a, well, I guess it was about a family heroes too. So it has a similar, it has a partially similar thing. Um, gosh, there's a movie that has a similar title name that has the chick from that 70s show, um, Neil Kunis in it. And it's called Jupiter Ascending is the movie. Jupiter's Legacy is the comic book. So that was a chain to get there, right? So Jupiter's Legacy, that's the book you're talking about. Yep. I'm pretty sure. Jupiter's, has a couple. Jupiter's Legacy. has a couple of volumes, yeah. So yeah, I mean, but the reason they give, give some people some, uh, some background on, I mean, I hope it's good. I didn't, I, 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 I thought, yeah, but that, well, that's why they brought this back. That's like for a free comic book day. Like, yeah, that's why. Obviously, it's not like, like you said, what, oh, it's 100 plus... 100. At least 146. It might have got 149. I don't remember what the last issue number was for Invincible. Um, but after the first batch of, of books, the artist that took over was Ryan Otley, which, if you're a fan of the show and you listen to the show a lot, we talk about Ryan Otley quite often. Um, awesome guy. Actually, there's interviews from him as well on this show prior to Invincible ending. Um, but I wound up having a conversation with him once the last issue number was announced out in San Diego, and this was just before he was uh, announced to be taking over Spider-Man, and uh, I was asking him uh, what you know, what if he had other plans afterwards, or if you know, because there had been talk already about a movie. And he's like, yeah, I guess that's stuff that's in Kirkman's wheelhouse. I don't, you know, whatever. If that works out, that's awesome, and we'll both do great from it. But uh, he's like, yeah, I got a f- iron in the fryer right now. I can't tell you anything about it. I'm like, come on, dude. And he's like, no, you do a thing on the internet, and the world can't get in trouble. And then, like, two months later, we found him drawn Spider-Man, so that was freaking cool. Um, but yeah, Ollie, great guy. Um, so February 2018, issue number 144. For, that was in, in the last issue. Yeah. There you go. And it was the original, original guys. Um, Kirkman the, and, uh, 
Ollie. Well, Ollie wasn't the original artist. The original oh, artist uh, on it uh, Walker. was Corey Walker. So yeah, just like The Walking Dead had a different artist in the first few issues, this one did too. So the writer on it, of course, is Robert Kirkman. Uh, artist on the first, I think, five issues is Corey Walker. Um, and Corey went on to do other things, but Ryan took over. And style-wise, Ryan draws a sim- like very similar to Corey anyway. Nowadays, not so much. I mean, Ryan can draw fight sequences that are amazing, and Invincible gets super brutal with some of their battles, and, like, Ollie just holds it down art-wise so, so good. I mean, dudes getting punched and their eyes coming out of their heads is crazy. Um, not that Corey can't draw well, too, but the two of them had a similar style at the beginning, probably because he was emulating them on purpose, but uh, as the book went on, I mean, it became Ryan's for sure. But yeah, the very first issue is Corey, art-wise. Yeah, Invincible is a series, I don't know, man, at four and a half, because it, it, like you said, it has lots of twists and turns. It'll be interesting to see how long the animated series goes or how far it gets into the run of things, because even where they ended the series, we could follow up with a sequel for, for, for other characters out of it, which would be awesome. So, whether that'll happen or not, don't know. But Mark, I mean, you're, you're talking sequels, like, can they at least get through, like, the actual series first? Well, as far as, the, not for the animated, the animated, if, if it gets all the way through this, that'd be awesome. But for the comic book, like, where it ends, the comic book could sequel. Not, oh, not animated or anything else. No, that's the series itself volumizing to another series. Probably with a different name, because it's named after his namesake. And Invincible is his character name, that's the name of the book. So, I could see them getting a sequel series of comics out of it. As far as animated, maybe yeah, I guess we'll see. If, if you want to, but Kirkman would have to give the the A OK oh, yeah. on Listen, it. It'll all be a matter of what Kirkman wants to do. But just like the way The Walking Dead ended, Kirkman's doing the Scrooge McDuck roll around in the money at this point, though. <laughs> I mean, that, I, he's a he's a very large man, so that would be pretty like, hilarious. Roll around in a sack full of dimes, right? <laughs> messed up. Uh, uh, do you have a score from Invincible in general? Yeah, it's a four. Like, but it's it's hard. I, I mean, it's hard for me to give this book a rating because I read it so many years ago. And right. Like, the 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 story went on for so long, and it was good and crazy and weird twists and like oh my goshes and just like I don't know. It's hard to give a score to it. Like, sure. Going back in time, I would have given it probably three and a half, four. Like, sure. You know, like early on, the art was like it was decent. It's 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 image decent. It's like. It gets by. It's good. It's clean, you know. But it gets better as the story goes on, right? And like the story is fantastic. I I hope that people watch the show and like, what's this about? And they get a free book and think, oh, this look, you know, like I I'll, I hope that basically the I see what they're doing for a free comic book day. Like, if somebody watches this, they're like, I'm gonna go to the comic book store and be like, what's this invincible thing all about? And then you you know you you can like, let me show you. So like it brings people into the the store. I think that's like I think that's ultimately their goal with the free comic book day thing, and then like you know obviously the book, but sure or the the show coming up. Like um, I don't know, it's 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 just one of those weird ones. It's hard to rate this one because it's like we it's been out for so long. Oh, two thousand three, man. Yeah. yeah, it's been like oh, can you rate like the original Prince of Wolverines? I mean, Frank Miller, that's all right. <laughs> Oh, hey, on the original appearance? No, that was in the Hulk. Sorry. I, I was thinking the miniseries. The, yeah, the Frank Miller. But just like, it's like, well, 
it's it's come out so long ago. It's kind of sure. hard to like put a ring, a ring on that, you know. Yeah. But it's cool that they're doing it. Like I'm glad that they're making this like into a cartoon. Yeah. Like, but it, I for some reason I thought it was live action. Like when I read it, but it is a definitely a cartoon, so yeah. it's animated. But the voice, the voices are going to be really cool. So, um, I'm so proud. Sure. All right. Um. So, what'd you learn today, Josh? That two plus two is still four. Seems like a silly thing to learn when you're an adult man. But okay. What I learned today, Josh? And three plus three is still six. It's weird that we're both learning about math. That was weird. Like we're just like, what's going on? Yeah, I guess so. You have those two together, you get ten? I, I keep telling people we're going to work on this, but it doesn't ever get better with you. I know. It's terrible. No, no. Uh, what, what, you know, what, what I think you learned today is that, like, you know, Blade Runner's futuristic Harry Potter. <laughs> no, that's not true, though. Look, cover that book. It doesn't me, look like tell Harry me, Potter at all. You mean, you mean tell me that doesn't look like a, a Harry Potter character? No. Not at all. No. Really? Yeah. You mean because she's got a trench coat on? It looks more like a, a girl got, version of. Because she's got like, like a gray, a gray like suit oh, you thing. Mean she looks British. I guess because she kind of no, looks British. Because she looks like she's from Harry Potter. She looks like she's at Hogwarts. Looks like Angela, like Angela Johnson, like Maybe. from the Haw- from the Gryffindor like Quidditch team. Maybe I just grown up became a police officer mm-hmm. for in Blade Runner. Maybe I didn't watch enough Harry Potter. You watched all of them. That's not true, though. You haven't watched all the Harry Potter movies. No, I never watched the last one. I wow. had two halves and never watched it. I, I, I have a feeling that you're making up lies. That's not true. Um, do you have any books to watch, Josh? So we're in the Green Lantern. I don't know where it's at. I'm like a couple issues behind a bunch of stuff. So comics are weird right now. They it's are. Weird. It's a weird thing because it's like, just like, I mean, the whole entire world's weird right now. That's true. Like there's, you know, movies aren't like there's movies that are already out or are made and done, but getting pushed back. There's the ones that like aren't going to get made. They were supposed to get made. There's the ones that like are in the works are going to be turned into TV, like like you know streaming services. Right. Um. There's books that are supposed to come out, like not even comic books, regular books that are getting pushed back. Um. There's comic books that are getting, like some are getting pushed to digital, some are getting canceled. You know, like there's restaurants that are closing. There's restaurants that are like downsizing it's just it's the world is in a really really weird place especially in the u.s um it's just a weird time like there's a lot of really neat i think the arts are going to suffer a lot and by the arts i mean like like independent restaurants like really good chefs things like that like that's artistic that's that's a big deal like um independent filmmakers like it's going to be all the independent people that are going to really suffer from all this stuff like the big corporations are going to be fine because they got they got all the bailout money you know, so it's like, it's, it's going to be a bummer for a lot of independent things. And like, um, you know, I love, I love, I love Young Justice. I was actually looking at my news. That's probably why I missed when you said that. But, um, it just, just, there's a lot of things in general. Like, it's going to be hard for independent, like, comic, like, comic book companies to put out books. Sure. You know, it's just, it's just going to be, it's, this is a very weird time. It's a bummer. But, you know, like, hopefully we can come out on the other side of this. Uh, in a way better way. And the people who do lose their jobs, hopefully they jump on with other people and other people help them out. You know? Yeah. Well, the whole DC layoff, that's pretty crazy. So I guess we'll see what happens to those folks. But, you know, even then, like, just because, I mean, DC's laying people out doesn't mean, like, other people aren't laying people out. Oh, no, Because yeah. it hasn't been, like, publicized. So, you know, it kind of goes like, 
with action figures too. Like there's action figures that have been delayed. There's the ones that have been like canceled. There's the one that's like, I mean, we talked about that last week. Right. Um, you know, like a lot of the independent companies like figured their stuff out on their own, which right. is awesome. So like those ones, are, those guys are still doing cool stuff. Like, uh, man, it's just a weird time. Well, true. Like, you know, when we look back, when we're sitting here in February, when we look back, I'm like, man, last year was rough. Some really neat things came out of this. Like, I, I hope that's what we're saying. Is what, you know, but at this point, it's like, I don't know, man. Right. It's funky. There's just like a lot of cool things are supposed to happen in 2020. New Bill and Ted, new Top Gun. Uh, yeah, Bill and Ted, I guess, are you know, the, 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 the Snake Eyes film, the Black Widow film. There's all these things that are like Tenet. There's like, there's a bunch of the cool things that are supposed to happen film wise, and they're all getting pushed back. Well, yeah, it's been constantly that way. And so, I mean, book, books are the same way, and like, it's just a weird thing. And like, we talked about a little bit at the beginning of the episode, like, I just don't think that, you know, there's going to be some people like, oh man, I can't wait. Digital comics are the way of the future. But they're still not, though. Because it's still, it's still, they still have to pay somebody to draw and write that and finish that. And so the only part that you're sa- they're saving money on is the print aspect of it and like paying somebody to upload it so you can get it and then be able to share it with all your friends. Like, they might as well just not do that and print it because the cost why you know, I see why they're doing it to try and like meet, meet all media, like all different mediums. Like, I get it, but like ultimately, like, it's not in favor of the combo companies to do that. Like, they, it, like, no, it's in fi- their favor because they don't have to spend anything to print it. It's not but, in the but comic the, but shops or collectors. No, but the, but, the, but the printing of it is the cheapest part of the whole, like, the co- the cost of the writer and the cost of the artist are the most expensive part. True. So those parts are done. So like the cost of somebody uploading it and putting it on the internet where it's just going to get copied and shared for free. Or it's just like movies, yeah, same problem. It's, not, it's, not, it's, same even, it's even easier because it's just screenshots. Sure. Okay. Like you can't screenshot a film. Well, not the same way. Not. I mean, you, I you know you can screenshot like a comic book really easy. Sure. But like. So they might as well just print it because like the cost of printing is super cheap comparatively to losing all that money for to giving away for free. So basically you just paid an art- artist and a writer to do these things to just like give it away for free kind of. This is what you're doing. I mean, you're, I know you're paying a subscription, but like it's easy just to screenshot things hmm. and give it away. And, it's, and that's, and ultimately it's, it's going to, it's going to damage. It's just like, it's just like scalpers in the action figure industry. Like, all scalpers do when they come and they buy all the figures, like, oh, well, they're still buying the figures. They're still put, put money into that, into that, that thing. But what they're doing is they're, it's damaging other people getting a chance to collect it and enjoy it. And so what it's doing is damaging the, the thing. Cause then people's like, I just don't even want to collect it anymore. Cause they can't get anything that I want. So they just quit altogether. And then you get like, then you get 50 R2D2s on the shelf because like nobody buys anything anymore. Right. And it's just, it's all it's doing is damaging everything. So. Hopefully 2021 is a year that people are just like, man, I just, we're going to, there's not going to be chase figures anymore. There's not going to be chase anything anymore. Gonna, everybody's going to have equal everything, equal awesome. Everybody's going to be high-fiving, you know, ninja kicks, you know, Cobra Kai's coming out on Netflix. The world's going to be fantastic, you know. That's what I'm looking forward to. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, well, okay. Uh, books to watch, I'd say check out the Maestro. Uh, it's a five-part miniseries coming out from Marvel. Issue one came out this week. Um, it's pretty good. If you like the old Hulk, it's 
evil old Hulk ways. Uh, set up a story is kind of an origin for the maestro, like how he became what he is. Anyway, I think that one's cool. Uh, I mentioned a bunch of those last week. There's some Kickstarter nonsense going on that is connected to Scott Snyder. If you're a Scott Snyder fan, go check that out. Um, I do like Scott Snyder as a writer. I don't know if I like them using Kickstarter for it, but at the same time, I don't know. Tony Daniels, I think, is also great. He's the other one connected to it, so... Google that, I guess, people, if you're still listening. Um, you want to check out other things from us? We do Action Figure Deconstruction. It's the uh, video series on action figures on YouTube. Um, this week we put up the Gremlins Olympic Swimmer Stripe. Um, so go check that out. Like and subscribe, because that makes things better for us. Action Figure Deconstruction. True. Um, Good stuff. Yep. Uh, it's too many socials. We got. I am at Wendell twenty four. It's W I N D L E twenty four on the Instagrams. Um, also, we are at Never Been Done Podcast. It's our other movie podcast where we just go crazy and talk about crazy things and directors and actors and things like that, and have some cocktails and just get a little wild. That's that's a more of a rated R podcast. So if you're listening to this, the car with your kids, don't listen to that one unless you don't care if your kids hear bad words. Sure. Um, uh, top five comics, CBS for art stuff and pictures and nonsense. Uh, for the Instagram, that's that's it. Yeah, you can go find links to all the other stuff, uh, including Scovillionaires and Ant Man Twenty Fifty. They do game walkthroughs and Peter. I guess he's been painting Peter figures lately too, so doing board game board games. So that's kind of different, but that's part of it. Uh, you can find links for any of that, all that stuff at the top five comics podcast dot com website. Um, so yeah, check some other stuff out. Like I said, like and subscribe. I think that's it. And also, just I bring it back up, bring it back full circle. Um, the book that we started with at the end, the beginning of the night, like books mm-hmm. to watch and awesome stuff. Like that book's awesome. Like when we find them when they're dead, it just makes me feel good inside to see that things like that great are still coming out. Like independent, like. Independently, really. I mean, I know it's an image or boom. Boom. They're a smaller company, but, but the, yeah. they're, they're a bigger small company, but like the fact they're still putting out such great product, like, let's do it, man. Check sure. it out. It's going to be rad. Hopefully people are like, oh my gosh, you got that. Like, <laughs> I don't. That's probably what's going to happen now. I can get you two, three, and four. Yeah. Sad state affairs. That's what, I mean, that, that should be what happens though, right? I mean, yeah. There's the most solid things that make stores happy. They just mean second and third prints, and then people cry all day about it because they didn't know two months ago when they should have read the catalog. So, yeah, look at the catalog, I guess. That's the only answer I have for that. Exactly. Sweet. So, so coming up this month, is there anything, like, big events coming up that we... No. No? No. The Joker, like, the... Oh, you mean book-wise? I mean, that's, like, books to watch stuff. Still. Well, but it's, so, like, like but three big, Jokers but big, big, big crossover month. events coming up. I mean, right now we're in the middle of Joker War. Yeah, I knew that, but... Sword of X is getting ready to happen over Marvel and the X-Men. Sword of X? Yep. A uh, big crossover book for X-Men. Uh, Without gonna, giving too much away, but that sounds fascinating. Yeah, it's going to cross... It, rather than being a miniseries, it jumps between the books. So, they'll have a set of bookends. The first one's called Sword of X Creation. I think the last one's called Sword of X Destruction, I think. So, they're both numbered one because they're... 
single They titles. do that when they do like one, yeah, they one, do. one shot. But, uh, the regular chapters are gonna go through the regular X-Men books, so, like, there's a chapter in X-Men, chapter in X-Factor, Wolverine, New Mutants, um, Marauders. I feel like there's a chapter also in, uh, uh, Hell- Hellions. I don't totally remember the list in my head, but yeah, it re- goes through all of them for the series, so, you know, it's not an event book by itself, it's a crossover series. Right, right, right. So, so yeah, that should be interesting. I mean, so far most of the X-Men books have been pretty good. I mean, there are definitely ones that are stronger than others, but that's pretty normal, so. Yeah. Depends on what characters you like. Other than that, three jokers just happened at the end of the month. Um. Finally. I mean, yeah, it only took four years? Three years? I don't remember which Just League book that was, so. I thought it was like six or seven years ago. Nah, no, not, not quite that long, but. I think I mean, it su- might be five. I think, be surpri- I think it'd be surprised. It might be five. Been a while. I have to go back to Jeff Johns writing uh, Justice League. So yeah, maybe five years, I guess. Man, time is crazy. Yeah. Is it the key? Nope. The key. Ninja high five kicks. Ninja high five kicks. Ninja high five kicks. Ninja high five kicks. Ninja high five kicks.